Welcome investors to the Absolute Return Podcast, your source for stock market analysis, global macro musings, and hedge fund investment strategies. Your hosts, Julian Klamotko and Michael Kesslering, aim to bring you the knowledge and analysis you need to become a more intelligent and wealthier investor. This episode is brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. Welcome, podcast listeners, to the Absolute Return Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Klamachko. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Kesslering. And on today's show, we welcome special guest, Eric Stonestrom, CEO of Airspan Networks. Airspan is a newly public company that provides software and hardware for 5G network solutions. On the podcast, Eric discusses... What is so great about 5G technology for society, Airspan's product suite, and how they expect to take market share from legacy network providers? Who are their customers and competitors in the marketplace? The future of network technology? And more. So with no further ado, here's our discussion with Eric Stonestrom, CEO of Airspan Networks. Welcome to the podcast, Eric. We are looking forward to doing a deep dive into 5G and all the technologies that Airspan is bringing to the market, really to make our lives much, much more easier with respect to connectivity and communication. But prior to getting into that, you've been a long-term tech guy, cut your teeth at Bell Labs in the 80s and early 90s, prior to joining Airspan in 1998. You're a rare CEO where you've been in that seat for over two decades. I was wondering, like 5G is still a relatively new technology, but Airspan has been around for more than 20 years. What was the company doing back then and how has it evolved since? Well, we've actually been on a pretty uh, consistent trajectory. Uh, We tend to bring real innovation uh, to connecting people to uh, telecom networks, and that's obviously had different instantiations along the way, but uh, we started the company on fixed wireless access, uh, which is actually connecting to fixed locations using the best of breed uh, technology that's out there. And and we started the company in, in a time when telephone companies had to provide connectivity to anyone who wanted a connection, typically at a fixed price. And the economics, as they are today, of telecom really relate around density. So when you have a dense place and a crowded place, it's easy to get good economics on your infrastructure or easier. Now it's getting harder, of course, with 5G, hence our opportunity. Uh, But in those days, it was all about uh, getting the highest speed you could get at the lowest possible cost uh, using wireless as an alternative to fiber and and copper. So we've been through uh, a very consistent set of technological developments that has brought us to this juncture where we're able to bring a lot of products to this uh, super cycle of spending uh, that's what's embodied in 5G. Uh, this is in my career the most exciting uh, CapEx cycle that, that I've ever encountered. We have not only existing addressable customers, uh, you know, the telephone companies around the, the world that, that offer a handset service, you know, a, a very big cycle of spending there. Uh, you might have seen there was an announcement over the weekend of, of Verizon committing $8 billion of capital uh, in one aspect of their network uh, to Ericsson. We actually make product that, that plays in adjacent sectors, so that's good news for us. But we also have now uh, new entrants in the 5G build-out, which means new addressable customers for us, and that's a couple of different places. One is the fixed wireless, so come full circle to where we started the company uh, some years ago. The demand now for connectivity using wireless to fixed locations is 
is really on fire. A, a recent report from Jeffries, analyst George Nodder estimates there are 23 million unserved locations in the U.S. alone, and that problem is, is global. And COVID and, and lockdown pushed that piece of the curve even faster because as we all started to work from different locations, we didn't want to have to walk to the top of the hill to call our boss. Uh, we need you know high speed to be able to do nice video from wherever we happen to be. So that's an, a segment that was quiet uh, for, for the last decade and a half has now become very active again, and we have deep skill sets there. We have new greenfield operators entering in 5G. So uh, those greenfields are, are customers like Rakuten that we have in Japan. That was our biggest customer last year and uh, is a company that's basically in the market, was in the market historically selling cell phone service as a reseller of one of the three bigger carriers and now building their own uh, with the network economics they can get with 5G. We're very active there. Similarly, in the U.S., there are a couple of cable companies doing the same thing, uh, weaning off of MVNO or resell relationships with the bigger uh, MNO carriers uh, under their own brand name to build their own networks and get network economics. So that's a that's a very big subsector of addressable market for us. Uh, then we have the fixed wireless segment that I mentioned, uh, and then we have the private, what we call private networks, and that's really where uh, 5G is touching many more places in the IT spend cycle. Uh, Kathy Woods at at Arc estimates it's a $1.5 trillion a year uh, spend in enterprise technology. And now some percentage of that's going to 5G infrastructure. In the past, it was really a divorced kind of cycle and, and spending area away from what telecom operators spent. So that gives us a really exciting uh, time now in what I call this 5G tsunami, where we have the right products at the right time. So that's a little bit about, about you know, how we got from where we were to where we are now. And speaking of this 5G tsunami, there's been a lot of hype around 5G. You constantly hear about it. Airspan's tech is a key enabler of 5G. Now to the non-engineers out there, what's so great about 5G and what exactly is the opportunity for the company? Yeah, so, so 5G first is great because it's, it means a lot faster speeds. So there's right. new, new ways of sending the information over the air. Uh, and we have a bunch of intellectual property around that. Uh, but think of it like a highway that you can run the cars faster in each lane. Uh, but the second thing is 5G allows more lanes because new spectrum has come to market. And that's both dedicated spectrum. A spectrum is the, the highways, if you will, of the way carriers connect to, to people and enterprises. And so that highway is not only the cars have gotten faster, the width of the highway has gotten wider. There are more owners in that highway, as I mentioned before, because now you not only have traditional telephone companies like Verizon or T-Mobile, but you have cable companies, you have uh, greenfield rollouts. And then we also have shared highways for the first time. And, and so that's additional spectrum. And then finally, uh, the equipment itself is much more software centric. So in, in 4G and, and previous generations of wireless, the technology typically was built putting big pieces of equipment up on towers there are about 120,000 towers in the U.S. To do 5G, we estimate we need over a million cells. And that's because as these highways get faster and new frequency comes, uh, the, the characteristics of the way you need to roll the equipment out changes. And it changes in a way that's very beneficial for airspan. A lot more cells and a lot more software. 
And now, a word from our sponsor, Accelerate, one of Canada's most innovative and fastest-growing alternative investment solution providers, with a suite of institutional-caliber alternative ETFs for investors seeking diversification and long-term performance. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund, symbol ARB on the TSX, is the world's first SPAC-focused ETF, with a diversified portfolio of SPAC and merger arbitrage opportunities in an easy-to-use, low-cost ETF. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund ETF trades under the symbol ARB on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. And so you, you mentioned the, the, pro, the, I guess, the different product categories that you have in different revenue streams. It, and obviously a ton of growth within this sector. How do you believe you'll be taking market share as well as growing with the sector is it a focus on just a truly differentiated product offering, or are you able to better compete against um, your main competitors on price? Great question. And yes, first, it's a, it's a truly differentiated product offering. We've put over a million units of this type of equipment up uh, so far in, in previous to 5G uh, instantiations, like 4G. And, and, and so we, we have products that have been optimized around the way things need to be built. They want to cling to the old model of putting big, expensive equipment up on towers. So we have advantage there. We have a portfolio that's best of breed. We've got uh, sluggish competitors. And, and then we also have some geopolitical tailwinds. Huawei is a big name, probably most of your listeners know, yep. from China, about 28% of the world's market. And they've been taken out now of a lot of developing markets, Europe, uh, the U.S., Australia, Japan. So there's scarcity of supply. So we can step in there with innovation and better tools and better technology at a time when uh, the market is demanding more alternatives. And then we have, in addition, this fixed wireless market that's that's growing there. We are taking share from competitors. We, we made an acquisition in late 2018 that's given us a very strong portfolio to compete against the likes of Ubiquiti and Cambian. Uh, those are two names that focus on that fixed wireless side. Now, in the uh, previous space, I was discussing the big 5G equipment rollouts. So we compete against Nokia and Ericsson. Here, they are focused the way IBM and, and other companies were that made mainframes in the 80s. Uh, they have a lot to lose through these new network models. And so they're moving uh, to try to preserve their old approach. The, the good thing is the market can't use that old approach the way they used to use it in 5G. Because the, the highways, there is so many more lanes in the highway and the cars are moving so much faster. Uh, so a lot more processing power has to be put out close to the edge of the network, and that's what we specialize in. Now, speaking of the revenue opportunity in total addressable market, who are some of your main customers, and how big is this opportunity set you're looking at? Yeah, so we are anticipating healthy growth this year. Uh, we, we have a, a target of 47% growth. Uh, this year, we have a four-year a uh, target of 35% annual growth. We're pretty confident in that uh, because we have several types of customers that are all growing nicely. We have the bigger carrier projects. We've, we've recently secured a couple of major greenfield builds. Uh, just to give you an example of what one of those looks like that we're already working in, You know, the first year was $11 million of revenue. The second was $62 million of revenue. We expect the third year is going to be 80 plus. So that's that's a single project uh, with or several different uh, products inside of it, but a single customer. So that's the size that a, a customer like that can be. 
and we have several we've signed in recent months. That's one piece of growth. The second piece of growth is the fixed wireless segment, which is a combination of us taking share and a lot of additional focus by both the private sector and government to build out. There's over $14 billion of, of government stimulus just in the U.S. coming into uh, economic uh, help for fixed wireless. And we're aiming very hard at that segment. We bought this business in late 2018. We've doubled it. Since we bought it, we expect to, to hopefully keep revenue moving at that kind of a growth rate, uh, albeit from a small base, up through the foreseeable future uh, as that $14 billion stimulus flows into the market. And then the third area of growth is the, what I call the private network side. And that's where we're selling through enterprise partners. Uh, they're bringing to their enterprise customers now telecom equipment for the first time. And we are the, the de facto choice uh, with some of those partnerships. So when they go in to pitch a industrial group on 5G, Airspan is a part of that. So that's, that's pure growth for us because that type of segment wasn't accessible pre-5G. And now a word from our sponsor, Accelerate, one of Canada's most innovative and fastest growing alternative investment solution providers with a suite of institutional caliber alternative ETFs for investors seeking diversification and long-term performance. The Accelerate One Choice Alternative Portfolio ETF, symbol 1C, ONEC on the TSX is Canada's first alternatives portfolio solution, providing exposure to six alternative asset classes, 10 alternative strategies in one easy to use, one choice ETF that charges a management fee of just 0.2%. The Accelerate One Choice Alternative Portfolio ETF trades under the symbol 1C ONEC on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. Just to dig a little bit further on the financial side, you mentioned the, the you know very attractive growth rates that your business is is going to be seeing over the next couple of years. Can you talk a little bit about the operating leverage that's embedded into your business model? Uh, yeah, and that's uh, something we've obviously been been very focused on here as we go through the the DSPAC process. We, we've got a very attractive uh, proposition for investors. Our our top line growth. Uh, flows nicely through to the bottom line. We don't need to add a lot of uh, cost in the company. Uh, we have an outsourced manufacturing model, which means that uh, we outsource the manufacturing to a, a best-of-breed partner, Foxconn. Uh, so we can scale top line and then scale EBITDA directly through uh, on, a, on a highly leveraged basis. We, we anticipate gross margins continuing to improve. We improve them from 32% uh, in 2018 to 49%. In 2020, uh, sales in the first part of this year were up over 60%. Uh, gross margins were were healthy, and so that means that you know the sales that we're getting are worth more. And that's because of the mix. We have more software in the mix. We have more value added uh, leverage in our pricing. So so that gives us really good leverage on uh, flow through to EBITDA uh, from top line growth. A thread that I did want to expand on that you mentioned, the DSPAC process, Airspan recently announcing a going public transa transaction combining with SPAC, new beginning acquisition, $822 million enterprise value. And now, before we started recording the show, we were talking about, you know, not a SPAC because 
really Airsvan differentiates itself because it's been around a long time, a very established business, contrary to many of the brand new business models, more speculative in nature that we're seeing go public by a SPAC. They're you know, forecasting revenue five years out. You guys have had revenue for a long time, but that being said, been private for more than two decades. Why go public now? What's gonna change? Yeah, so we, we are very excited about this process. Great partnership with NBA. Uh, just a little background on why we decided to work with NBA. The size of the SPAC was right. We, we have a, a set of shareholders who don't wanna sell. Uh, and so what we weren't interested in was a lot of dilution. Uh, right. So we found a SPAC that was right sized for us and, and the team at NBA has just been phenomenal to work with. Uh, we did want to get a public currency because as we go into a very rapid growth period, we wanted the shortest path to put you know, 120 million plus on the balance sheet to add sales and marketing resource to scale and take advantage of the leverage I just described. Uh, and this is a straightforward path to do that. We've gotten good analyst coverage even pre-DSPAC. And the reason is exactly as you said, we have product and revenue today and big customers today and a strategy and a story that that uh, analysts can dig into and get to know. And that's something very different than the SPACs that are talking about uh, some kind of revenue out uh, three or four years in the future and a wait and see until then. So we're very excited about uh, the SPAC. We're very excited about the phase of DSPAC that we're in right now. And we hope to see um, we hope to see this come to fruition very, very soon. What really stuck out to me with respect to this transaction that you guys announced some investors, including SoftBank and DISH, uh, participating in the concurrent pipe financing. In addition, Qualcomm will also be a shareholder. It's a very unique dynamic such that you have you know, these large conglomerates, customers, as shareholders as well, which we don't see too often. Was that part of the strategic plan? It was, indeed. We've been building this set of investors for some time now. We've been able to put uh, we've been able to put uh, a series of real innovators into our cap table, uh, obviously Massasan and SoftBank, and, and we've done hundreds of millions of dollars of business with the SoftBank group. Similarly, Mukesh Ambani in India, Reliance Geo, which is, uh, has become one of the largest telephone companies in the world from a green, from a cold start a few years ago, but also industry partners like Qualcomm that you mentioned, like Foxconn, which I mentioned earlier, who's a producer, for us and also a shareholder, that's allowed us to bat way above our weight. Uh, and then we have some great financial investors as well. So we really have a, a great set of investors today. It's a very uh, top drawer collection of strategics. And you know the nice thing is they validate our products and they validate our vision because as suppliers, they don't wanna work with people that aren't top notch. Uh, and as customers, they don't wanna buy from uh, groups that aren't enabling to really differentiate. So we're very, very proud of that. Yeah, that certainly validates the story in terms of having customers and suppliers on the cap table. One thing that I, I wouldn't mind you expanding on, because it is a differentiated strategy, granted I'm not the expert here, but I would like to hear more about why your strategy is to focus on fixed wireless and where the opportunity set for that specifically is for the company. Yeah, so fixed is not the only part of the strategy, but I see two convergent themes over the next few years, and, and, and I've really been deep into this for the last five years. Uh, first is convergence of cable and telco, and we're proving that out now as we help build out 
uh, cable operators to provide cellular service and high-speed broadband service using that infrastructure of physical assets that are a real value to the cable world uh, and leveraging their very strong customer base in, in broadband connectivity. And then the other one is the fixed mobile convergence. So as you said, the, the uh, fixed side of the equation was, was something that was exciting 15 years ago. It became rather quiet as, as telephone companies started to sell data services off of cell phones. Uh, but those services hit the limit of speed uh, about three years ago and the li limit of economics. And so we made an acquisition in late 2018 just to focus exclusively on bringing a best-of-breed fixed product into the marketplace, and we're seeing that, and it's growing very, very nicely. So, so, so fixed and mobile converge, cable and traditional carrier and private network converge, and those convergence stories are really what give us so much excitement about the future. Right, and with respect to the future, this is a technology that seems to be rapidly changing in leaps and bounds. So putting on your hat, thinking five to 10 years out, what do you view as the future of network technology and what do you hope to see the company become in call it you know a decade's time yeah so we're going to have a lot of a lot of processing at the access edge one thing that's clear is so much more uh network processing is required to cover the amount of speed that is being moved through the airwaves don't forget spectrum is a limited resource so the number of highways that can be built is is finite uh, so we see more and more processing at the edge of the network, very much the way the mainframe industry migrated to the desktop, software disaggregated with, with names like Microsoft, uh, hardware evolved from a, a, a mainframe only to desktop and cloud. And that's obviously what we see happening to the telecom industry now. And we'll be very, very active in that growth cycle. I think it's a tremendous transformation from the old way of building uh, to the new way. And we'll be very much at the forefront of that. So if investors are interested in hearing more about the Airspan story, where can they research and find out more? In addition, anything that we didn't touch on that you think is important for the story and the message for investors to understand? Yeah, and I, I do urge people to, to look at our website, airspan.com, to look at the NBA affiliate, the SPAC partner, and, and various financial statements and other statements that have come out from them. Series of analyst reports are out, as I mentioned. There's quite a bit of press coverage now on this supplier diversity, which is really the way Huawei is being phased out in the race to 5G. I think we covered a lot. Obviously, we are very deep in the technology. We didn't spend that much time on it today, but the software-defined radio experience that we have is unrivaled in the industry. Uh, the secular industry tailwinds around this 5G build-out, as I said before, driving the largest CapEx cycle in decades. And then on top of just the raw technology growth, you add the significant government accelerators with the political and geopolitical uh, situation. Uh, we are a U.S. company. So, you know, we are a U.S. fully integrated radio access network company. Uh, we are the only one uh, that's out there of any scale. And that, that means, uh, you know, the U.S. can turn into an export economy again in telecom equipment. It's been a net importer uh, for a couple of decades. So that's all that really gives us excitement. That's not all of the story, but that's some of the highlights. Uh, so we appreciate people's interest and encourage you to dig in. Yeah, right. Eric, that's a really good point. I, I just wanted to touch on that last one that you mentioned, the whole geopolitical issue with China really getting pushed out of the market. Did that create a really good opportunity for Airspan? 
Oh, very much so. And in fact, you know, four years ago, we were the innovators for the, the more intelligent network builders in the world like SoftBank and, and Geo, but we didn't really have as much access to the main telephone companies because they bought from Huawei, Ericsson, or Nokia, occasionally Samsung. Uh, now that Nokia and Ericsson have fallen behind and, and Huawei's been removed from the supply chain, we are best of show. People need to figure out how to use these innovative tools. So it really has made a big difference. Yeah, it's a, I think that's a key aspect of the story here for investors and to the extent they're interested. Uh, new beginnings, the SPAC is currently trading under the symbol NBA. And as I understand it, once still closes, your symbol will be M-I-M-O. So Eric, I'd like to thank you for coming on the Absolute Return podcast today. Uh, a ton of details and insights into the opportunity behind 5G, fixed wireless, and all the happenings at Airspan. So wish you the best of luck throughout this DSPAC process and looking forward to seeing how things develop. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Absolute Return Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. The views expressed in this podcast are the personal views of the participants and do not reflect the views of Accelerate. No aspect of this podcast constitutes investment, legal, or tax advice. Opinions expressed in this podcast should not be viewed as a recommendation or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or investment strategies. The information and opinions in this podcast are based on current market conditions and may fluctuate and change in the future. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made on behalf of Accelerate. As to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast, Accelerate does not accept any liability for any direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage suffered by any person as a result of relying on all or any part of this podcast, and any liability is expressly disclaimed.